Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 17 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and spirit guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, I interview one of the best vocalists out right now in Melanie Parsons from Georgia's Royal Thunder. We talk about their latest album, Wick, her personal life in the press surrounding their last record, and a lot more. Uh, later on, we hear about the first band of Niche from Alcest, and I recommend Sacramento's Bispora. This is a rather eclectic episode, but to me, those are the best ones to expose y'all to different metals. I should say up front, unfortunately, my chat with Melanie was a bit more brief than I hoped due to a time crunch I was on and the fact that our interview was interrupted by a passerby. That bit was cut out, so there might be sort of an awkward transition at one point, but other than that, my chat was exactly what I'd hoped for. Before that, here's some of the sinking chair from Royal Thunder. Last show was Texas, right? Hmm. Uh. Yes, it was El Paso. El Paso. Yeah. How, how's the drive been? I used to live in the general vicinity, so. Uh, it's been pretty good. The most painful part was the 20 hours, and but you know we got to stop and get hotels and stuff, so that was good. You guys get to be touristy on those longer, longer treks, or no, I mean, there's not, not too much between Texas and yeah. here to be honest with. We've been doing it for so long. Being touristy is kind of. You know, we're like, oh, that's a little time consuming. Let's just go find a hot tub and <laughs> I mean, hot tub's yeah. a win. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll uh, go ahead and get us going officially. Um, okay. New album dropped Friday, Wick. Mm-hmm. Although all the, all the letters are capital, is it supposed to be spelled out? Is it just said Wick? I've never, I haven't heard anybody say it yet out loud. Yeah, it's just it's just Wick, all caps. Like it's it doesn't mean anything. There's not no symbolism behind it. Uh, it was an unfortunate timing with all the John Wick puns for the second movie coming out. I, oh, yeah. I saw several of them between Metal Injection and Metal Sucks. I oh, saw really? it a couple times. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I heard uh, Wick and Wick 2 was really good, so... I haven't seen either. I've yeah. heard good things. Yeah, but... I've heard good things, too. Um, sorry. It's okay. A little pause there. I keep reading that it was a very difficult album to make as far as the whole process. What exactly made it so difficult? I think just... It was just a time where, you know, like like any artist, it's uh, you have your times where things are flowing and, and coming out of you easily, and then you have times where, for me, the reason it was so difficult was I was in a, a space where uh, I knew that I had a lot of things I wanted to say, and I knew what I wanted to say, but I just didn't have the words, or I couldn't find a way to say the things I wanted to say, and... Uh, so it was challenging finding that place and that, you know, finding that cap within me and unscrewing it and just letting it all flow. Uh, that was the hardest part. And and really, it's not just that album. It's all albums. Mm. They, I think anyone could say it's just like writing a piece, you know, like or you know, making an album. It's just uh, 
it, it, they're all they all require like energy and time and effort and creativity and they come with their challenges and you know just naturally just kind of a difficult thing challenging thing uh, the last album had a lot of other sort of stuff behind it that wound up in the press a lot between like personal relationship stuff the the Christian cults upbringing thing that sort of thing mm -hmm. is touching on that sort of element of your personal life something you're going to do less or not anymore going forward because it, it did kind of dominate the press on the album yeah I don't know what I will or won't say in the future I just I say what I want to say when I want to say it sure. and uh you know as far as like my personal life and uh you know including my past you know affiliation with different church or whatever uh edit points <laughs> <laughs> That is a, a first. I'm pretty sure she asked it for my address, though. <laughs> See, I don't, I didn't know. I couldn't really make out what she said. Didn't expect that turn. Yeah. I just don't like people demanding that I touch them. Like, no. This, this <laughs> I hear you. I'm like, well, you know, if this makes you go away, then go. <laughs> um, so, I honestly don't remember where we were. Uh, we were talking about, oh, yeah, personal life and stuff like that. Yeah, Speaking yeah. of addresses. Yes, uh, of course. What is your address? Yeah. Um, so, anyway, yeah, I just, you know... That, you know, the the press, people in general, anyone, you know, all of us, even myself at times, you, you think you know about someone's life and who they are or whatever, but it's like, man, the, the truly personal, like, truth is, that's always, you know, hidden from people that I don't know well. I mean, if I, my, fa my, my closest friends and family, they know exactly where I stand and where I'm at, you know, spiritually, relationship-wise, whatever, anything mm -hmm. in life that that's open information to them, but, you know, people are going to say things, and a lot of it was inaccurate, but, you know, fuck it. Yeah. It's, it is what it is. All filtered through headlines and whatnot, mm -hmm. understandable. Uh, the new record I am a big fan of, and I also respect how you guys are changing your sound with every album. Like, there's a big difference from, like, the EP to where we are now. Mm -hmm. And on the new record, I heard a lot of, like, melodies and, har and like, harmonies and stuff that reminded me of, like, 50s and 60s rock and roll stuff. Am I accurate in my kind of catching those sort of things, those inspirations, or am I just kind of getting whatever I, oh, you know? You can take from it what you want. I just, I feel like, um, you know, oh my God, those dogs are so cute. <laughs> those hands, those little paws, I'll shake them. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's, it's, there's nothing intentional. We don't have like, um, you know, there's not this, this sound we're trying to create or chase after or genre we're trying to fit in. We just... You know, we were in our early 20s, and now we're in our you know, late 30s when we started doing this. And I think it's just a natural progression, especially after touring. And you become more seasoned, and you're on the road, and, and life is happening. Or you're influenced. We are influenced by a lot of our experiences. It's not so much music that um, inspires me. I think, you know, it doesn't really influence me um, but it does in a lot of ways inspire me. I like to go listen to music, you know, whether it's, you know, with earbuds or live, and I want to feel something. But um, as far as, like, pulling from different sounds and being like, I want to incorporate this into our music, that's that's never been the case with us. We just kind of are who we are, do what we do, and it comes out, and maybe subconsciously there's some sort of influence. But 60s, 70s, not really from me, not really from Josh. You know, I think maybe Will would probably be where you would hear that if you were going to hear it. A um, little bit of Evan. He's the youngest. He's like 10 years younger than all of us, and he's more of the rock and roller. 
but I don't really feel, um, you know, I love rock and roll, but it doesn't, it's not like something that resonates with me big time, not all of it. But. Uh, speaking of Will, I, I haven't seen you guys play in a long time, and last time I did you were a trio. Mm-hmm. Where did Will come from? Will, um, we found him wrapped up in a blanket on the side, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, he was in a band called Zoroaster, and he's been a musician for a couple decades now, like touring and um, a little older than us, so he's had more time with it. And um, there was a time where, I don't know if you're familiar with that documentary, Slow Southern Steel, that CT from Wake put together. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome, Slow cool. Southern Steel. Really rad. But uh, he asked Zoroaster to play an Atlanta show that he was filming He's, he was just traveling around following band like metal bands, making this documentary. Zoroaster was on tour. They couldn't do it. They said, hey, CT, you should check out this band, Roll Thunder. Let them get on the bill. So we got on the bill, and then from there, you know, we had been touring for a couple of years at that point and just playing locally. And then, you know, once that show happened, it kind of, we just, CT just was like, I love you guys. I'm going to show people your shit. And it just kind of, everything just kind of happened, like, trickled down. But anyway, so... He was the, one of the only, we wanted another guitar player, and we had one for a while. And then, you know, he started a family, so he had to leave. And then we were like, man, we loved being a four-piece. We went back to a three-piece, and we loved being a four-piece. So we thought of two people, and it was Will and his brother. We are like, there's no one else in Atlanta that we could see ourselves touring with and being that close to and spending this part of our lives with. And it luckily worked out, so... And he has a glowing penis, correct? According to the yes, good, good. It's yellow, yellow. Sometimes red. It's like a mood thing. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a mood dick. <laughs> <laughs> That was Whispering World from Royal Thunder's debut full-length album, CVI. I'll have more with Melanie shortly, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Niche from Alsace discusses his heavy metal origins. <laughs> you mean the first band that they had? Yeah, first one. You, it could be like a project from you when you were a kid, anything. Whatever you, can, whatever you were first really confident about was your first, like, yeah, this is my band, man. Oh, that's uh, uh, that's Alsace. Yeah. Because I start, started when I was fourteen. That's so it was in nineteen. That's pretty awesome, man. You had a solid yeah. start. I've had other other people that uh, don't like talking about. It. They cringe, but you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's a really. I mean, I've been in this band since more than the half of my life now. So yeah, it's uh, it's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Is that weird to think about? Uh, sorry? Is that kind of a, a weird thing to reflect on, that more of yes, your life has yes. been Alsace yes, than yes, not? Yes. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... It's not like, like I feel old now, but yeah, I mean, when you when you start counting the years, it's a bit scary, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs>
Alcest released the stellar Kodama last year, and the band is currently touring the world to support that record. For more on Alcest, head to alcest-music.com or facebook.com slash alcest.official. Now, here's some of April Showers from the new Royal Thunder record, Wick, before we get back to Melanie. I spoke to Josh a number of years ago around the time when I saw you guys playing, and it was just after South by Southwest, 2013, maybe 14. Mm-hmm. So you guys had a run-in with Prince and an IHOP? Oh, yeah. Can you tell me about that, please? I'm a big Prince fan, and I, I like hearing weird Prince stories when I can. And we um, we were with another band hanging out in a parking lot and it, at, at the IHOP, and then we look and we were like, hanging out on the, uh, in the parking lot and one of the drummer the drummer in the other band looks in the IHOP window and he's like holy shit that's Prince we're like no like well we were at South by Southwest so and he had, he was playing that mm-hmm. night so we were like well fuck that is Prince so that drummer's like I gotta go in there and say hey to him so he runs in there and Prince has like three female bodyguards of course and he leads into the table and he's like Hey, and you can see him through the window. He's like, hey, Prince, and he does it real quick. And he's like, all right, bye. And he runs back out, and he's like, that's fucking Prince. That's fucking Prince. I'm like, bullshit, bullshit. And now it's Prince. It's like, all right, well, I've got to go talk to him. So I go in there, and I lean. I put my hands on the table, and I lean in. I'm like, I know, you're Prince. This is really annoying. Everyone just saw it through the window. We're all fully aware that you're here. I just have to shake your hand because I really need to tell my mom that I shook your hand because I grew up listening to you, and my mom loves you. And he was taking a sip through a straw of uh, some orange juice, and he just starts laughing at me and spits it out. And then he puts his tiny little hand out, and I shook his hand. I was like, sorry, dude, thank you. And I look at the ladies, and I'm like, sorry, ladies. And I walk out, and I'm like, holy shit, that was Prince. So we're all, like, rolling, just dying, laughing, and we're staying out in the parking lot. And this car pulls up, this Cadillac, and there's this chick driving and the dude in the passenger seat. And the dude jumps out, and he's, like, rolling, fucking tripping balls. And he's like, what are you guys laughing at? And we were like, of course. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Prince is in there eating pancakes right now. And he was like, fucking hey. And he freaks out and he runs in there. We're like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Oh no. And he goes over to the table and he just grabs on the edge of the table and he's just like leaning. He can't hold himself up. He's just pulling and swaying. And on next thing you know, like Prince and all his bodyguards are getting up and leaving. We were like, what did you? And then the dude just goes and sits at a table and starts talking to himself. We're like, dude just ruined it man <laughs> he just ruined prince's evening but yeah it was it was pretty awesome he's a he was a very very tiny man i saw very him play tiny. uh oakland and i yeah he had his platforms on and i still probably had an inch on him and i'm five five yeah he had he he was so small in that booth and he had like tons of makeup on he didn't look like really healthy i you know I mean, now knowing what we know now yeah yeah, yeah. so uh but that was that's pretty pretty awesome 
Uh, around that time, when I talked to Josh, you guys were on tour with Dillinger's Escape Plan, which pairing-wise seems kind of strange to me. How was that tour? It was amazing. Cool. Pairing-wise, yeah, very strange. Uh, we, we didn't know how it was going to work, and we were pretty much expecting to get, like, Rotten Tomatoes thrown at us while we were on stage, but... Man, they have some loyal fans, and they were really open to it and supportive. And Dillinger Escape Plan, just hanging out with that band and touring with them, it was like instant friends, man. They're just such down-to-earth, good fucking people that we still keep in touch with, you know, and just really wonderful people, man. And that was a great experience. And they, especially Greg, man, I was just talking about him today, just how, how, because, you know, he lives out in California, so... Mm -hmm. Man, I hope we get to see him. He usually comes out to our shows, but such a good fucking dude, man. Just just really good people, and that was an awesome experience. Very awesome. I interviewed Ben one time, and it, we were just talking, and it forgot what his interview. It just became a conversation mm -hmm. where, like, occasionally I'd be like, so how was Chuck D like? And just fucking, yeah, you're right. He's totally. a great conversationalist. Just a good person, man. They all are. It's really cool. Uh, coming back to the new record a little bit, at the very end of the record, there's a big, bombastic choir. Mm -hmm. What is... What is the form or the uh, structure behind that? Is that all you? Is that some other folks? That is Blaze Pearson. He taught me how to play bass in a death metal band before I was in Royal Thunder. Um, Ethan Jack, he's called The Locksmith in Atlanta. He's just a fucking great performer, vocalist, pianist, guitar. I mean, just everything. The guy is just incredibly talented. Um, it was him and his brother, who was... Uh, also a great musician, but he's done a lot of um, film documentary stuff for us and whatnot over the years. They were in a band together, and when we f recorded our EP, it was at their house in their bedroom. So uh, that was really special. And then these two guys called the Van Leer Brothers, they're like this upcoming, like, fucking fantastic alternative country rock I don't really know what you call them, but they're fucking amazing. They're and they're these two brothers, and they're just these like country dudes, and they're just fucking awesome, and they can harmonize like on point with each other. So I got you know from the time before that song even became what it is now, that choir was just in my head. I was like, I don't know what to do with vocals. There's this fucking choir screaming in my head, and I can't, I can't get it out. And it's actually, you know, on um, Crooked Doors. There's a song at the end, I go, you're free, ah, you're free. There's like a chant, mm -hmm. and it's a continuation of that. That's really cool. So it's from that album trickling over into, onto that song. But yeah, it was just, it, we were in a room together. We had one microphone, and, oh, Will's in it as well. He's singing on there. And we just had a, a dry erase board with the lyrics. And it was just, Joey just set up all these mics, and we just got in a room together and just did it acapella all at once. Just live, it was really cool. It sounds amazing. Yeah, it was it was real special, very special. Um, on your first full-length album, soon after it came out, there was a, sh a short EP of acoustic tracks. I've been seeing some acoustic performances lately of the new stuff. You guys foresee another acoustic EP release sort of thing? I don't know. That's just kind of um, you know, with the acoustic thing, those those opportunities just kind of pop up, and we're available for them so we take them and it's good it's challenging it um, forces us to kind of go to a place that we're not used to um, but we're getting used to it uh, we'll see what happens who knows what we'll do with it 
And the EP you mentioned, it's now 10 years old. Does it feel like it's been 10 years since your first Royal Thunder thing? No. No? Um, some days it feels older than that. It is, actually. You know, was, he's, Josh started in 2004, but the EP being 10 years old, I sometimes I hear that, I'm like, what the fuck? Where did 10 years go? But, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be 37 in a couple weeks, so... Happy upcoming birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it makes sense. Well, thank you for talking with me. No, I don't I smoke. Know, sorry. sorry, lady. Wick by Royal Thunder is out now via Spine Farm Records, and the band is currently touring with Brant Bjork of Caius fame. For more Royal Thunder, head to facebook.com slash royalthundermusic or royalthunder.bandcamp.com. I like to end every episode by recommending a band you guys may or may not have heard of. In this episode, I am recommending the Sacramento band Bispora. Uh, I like to uh, focus on bands that are currently releasing new music or about to release new music as a way to um, just kind of focus on new stuff going on in various scenes. However, uh, in this episode, I am recommending Bispora as more of a tribute to uh, one of the artists behind it. Uh, Sacramento recently lost Joshua Paniawa who is the guitarist and vocalist of the band. And uh, I can't claim that he was a really good friend of mine. However, when my show, Far Beyond Metal, was on KSSU.com, my uh, college radio station, uh, he was on a couple times, once with the full band and once as sort of a Sacramento prog episode with members of Journal, Sound Soul, and uh, my band. And he was a really cool guy. And uh, to see him uh, pass recently was a really big bummer to me, uh, both personally and as a fan of music uh bispora was a fantastic band uh may still be a fantastic band it's hard to say what their status is right now but josh was the mastermind behind that i know they were currently writing uh phase two of the pino chronicles um which you can hear phase one at uh their bandcamp bispora.bandcamp.com and it's unfortunate that uh he went the way he did but he was a really important and really phenomenal voice in the sacramento scene and uh, without hyperbole, Bispora was one of my favorite bands of Sacramento. And 
it's sad in many levels to see him go. So uh, I am recommending the work of Josh and Bispora in this episode. Rest in peace, Josh. Here is something from the band's first album, The Cycle. This is the song of the same name, The Cycle.
you can get everything from Bispora at bispora.bandcamp.com. Uh, there you can find the full length, the cycle, and the Pineal Chronicles Phase 1 furtherance. And uh, you can head to facebook.com slash Bispora, like the page. Uh, there's probably more music on there I don't know about. Once again, uh, rest in peace. If you want to follow the show, you can head to facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal. I'm at Twitter at Ovacord. Or you can email me at farbeyondmetaldan at gmail.com. And as always, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.